Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading, and we're here at IBM Think in Orlando, Florida. And I am joined by... Ray Harishankar. I'm an IBM fellow within the IBM Quantum team, and I've been focused on what we call Quantum Safe. Yeah, excellent. Well, you had a really great uh, session this morning. It was totally packed. I was Thank in you. the back in the bleachers and the nosebleeds. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't that bad, <laughs> but it was it was a really good turnout. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know kind of some of the highlights from that session? What are some of the challenges uh, in quantum computing security? So first, thank you for attending the session. Yes, it was packed. And as you could see, I, could, I drew a lot of energy from the, the crowd itself. So to talk specifically about the challenges that we face in um, quantum, quantum safe, what we call quantum safe is safeguarding the enterprise through cryptography in a post-quantum world is what we call as quantum safe. So in other words, how can we protect an enterprise through appropriate set and use of cryptography that is safe even after you know we are into the you know quantum era that's that's essentially what it means so whenever i say quantum safe that's what i refer to industry refers to it as post quantum cryptography similar terms same thing okay. same thing so to talk about challenges there the challenge is actually sometimes people equate it to y2k and call this the yqk I'm not a big fan of that term, but nevertheless, it, if it helps people understand it, then that's fine. Yeah, let's throw in another right? acronym. Throw right? in another acronym like YQK, right? But the key differences between Y2K and YQK are the following. One, Y2K had a definite time and you know um, when, when it flipped over, right. right? With quantum, there is no such time. We don't know exactly what time is the quantum computer uh, capable of, of breaking cryptography, for example, is going to roll over. So that we don't know. Second is that we have a, a different problem with Y2K, sorry, YQK in that there is this notion of harvest now and decrypt later that I talked about, which is a bad actor can download data exfiltrate data, more technical term, exfiltrate data now, and then sit on it for five, 10, 15 years. And when a quantum computer becomes available for them to decrypt it, they'll decrypt it, and whatever data they had becomes compromised at that point, right? And that problem did not exist in Y2K. Mm -hmm. So these are you know, two significant differences that drive a lot of different changes downstream. So that's what I would say is the biggest from a cryptography standpoint. The other problem on the client side or the industry side is that folks are not yet fully aware of what the impact of this is going to be. And because they don't see it as, I have to get this done by December 31st, 1999 or, or else. Right. So because there is no you know, timeline that is very visible, people are not taking action. Mm. So the, I spend a lot of time increasing the awareness of our clients that it's not a you know, scare them into doing something, but increase the awareness so they can plan 
exactly what they need to get done. So if you were to ask me what are the main challenges of um, post-quantum cryptography or quantum safe, I'd say what I just talked about mm -hmm. are actually the challenges. Yeah, that is a bit uh, disconcerting to think that, you know, maybe you're doing everything right, but five, ten years from now, yeah. um, you could be facing a major issue. So definitely important for enterprises to be proactive now. Um, and you also talked this morning about uh, the... Uh, quantum safe standards and development mm -hmm. of those. And I, I think it looked to be out in 2024. Or, um, can you tell us a little bit more uh, how, how things are going well, in terms yeah, of totally, yeah, developing surely, standards? Yeah. So NIST or National Institute of Standards and Technology, they are the organization that pretty much people around the world uh, adopt as the organization that sets standards in cryptography, but there are also other organizations similar to that in the UK, in Germany, and, and around the world. But many of them are waiting to see what NIST does, and they'll take that and adapt it to suit their local needs if that is appropriate. So NIST is the organization that is looking at defining these standards or developing these standards. So as I indicated earlier, they ran a competition um, in beginning 2016, asking for algorithms to be submitted for uh, uh, consideration, algorithms that will not be broken by either quantum computers or by classical computers, because in the future you have to protect them from quantum computers as well. So that's what the competition was about. Fast forward to 2022, uh, they announced in July of last year uh, that they have selected four algorithms. What that means is that they will base their standards on those four algorithms, right? There is, uh, 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 the, the good news for us is that three of the algorithms came from IBM, so we have deep expertise in exactly how they are put together. Now, the standards, the way they operate is that they publish this, they put out the standards because all of these are open, right? They put out the standards, wait for uh, the community to comment and provide feedback and, and improve upon that. And then we expect the standards to be published for broader consumption in 2024. And just to add to that, the so what behind that is there is this waiting period that people are in right now, where people are waiting to have these standards in their hands, and then we expect a, a lot of activity to begin when the standards get announced, and that gets published. There's a lot of buzz in the market, and everybody wants to do something, right? I, I believe you mentioned um, this morning, so IBM worked with, uh, was it partners and academics mm -hmm. to develop those three out of the four algorithms that were right. selected? Is that, okay. That is correct, yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I didn't mean to say that it's completely done by IBM, right. but IBM working in, in partnership with academia and um, the industry. Yeah, it helps to have access to so many different great minds <laughs> for those kind of things. Um, you also mentioned uh, earlier the post-quantum telco network mm -hmm. task force, which which is a little bit of a mouthful, a but sounds really official. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about what that task force sure. is uh, tasked with? <laughs> sure, happy to. First, I'll, let me say, why do we need something like that, right? And, um, the, you know, I laid out the problem as this is what's happening, right? We we have potential threat through Harvest Now, Decrypt Later, and algorithms could get broken, asymmetric cryptography will be broken, so on and so forth. The question is, how do we respond to that? The response can be, I, we can work with one client at a time, but that's gonna take forever, right? For the whole industry to transform. 
The best way to do that, in our view, is we have to create consortiums or ecosystem type efforts that will help move an entire group or community or industry forward. That's what we started work, you know, getting into dialogue with GSMA, Vodafone, uh, to make this happen. So technically the work group is sponsored by GSMA, uh, which is a standards body in telco, and the anchor client is Vodafone, and we are yet technology partner, if you will, in that to help that drive along. But the three of us, uh, GSMA, you know, uh, Vodafone and IBM are the ones driving it. It is co-chaired by a Vodafone leader and an IBM leader to move along. There are, uh, I don't know the exact number, but around 40 plus participants in this. So this is a community or a group effort focused on a particular industry who understand the challenges that small operators, large operators, device providers, all of them face that need to be taken into account in defining, they're not defining standards because NIST is defining the foundational algorithmic standards, but you need to have industry standards as to how you adopt and apply them at various levels. And telco, in my view, is the foundation for any industry, any company you take, they're using telco in one way, shape or form. Right, So they're the ones that I think is critical to, to have this kind of an effort so that what comes out of that are going to be, they've already published a white paper. We kicked this off in September, September 30th of last year in Las Vegas uh, Mobile World Congress. By this year's Mobile World Congress in February, they have published a, a white paper calling out, here's all the activities that we're gonna do, here are the guidelines that we're gonna focus on developing, and now they're well on their way um, with work groups to go off and build out those standards. So these industry-wide initiatives are what I, I think or we believe are going to have much more impact. So. Our desire is to not just stop with telco, but to look at other areas as well, like financial services is another area where every company is, is you know, uh, has to be interacting with. So that's one, um, we, in, you know, we are looking at some utilities and critical infrastructure. So it'll be great if we can um, kick off similar consortiums or uh, ecosystem-wide efforts, which will really help a long way in moving the ball forward, increasing the awareness, and creating solutions. Okay, yeah, so it sounds like that task force and perhaps future ones will be able to um, assist in, um, you know, driving those policies and, and the new standards forward yeah. uh, within their different verticals and industries. Correct, totally. Okay. That's that's what we want to do. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, and just to wrap up, I know that IBM had some uh, quantum safe announcements today. Can you um, give us kind of what what the high level oh, highlights are oh, there course. and what you're excited about yeah. with quantum safe? Ha happy to. As you can see, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> really excited about this because we did make two strong announcements today. One is that we called out a, a set of technologies that we call IBM quantum safe technology that will enable clients to automate and accelerate their journey towards quantum safe. Now you may say, why do we need all these tools and stuff? Because understanding that will help appreciate why I'm so excited about this and why we are making this announcement. Common problem that clients face is they don't know what all cryptography exists is in their organizations and where. If you don't know what it is that you need to fix, you cannot plan for it. So you cannot prioritize it. So what we do is 
we have one component of this technology called the Explorer that goes and discovers cryptography that exists around the company, recorded in the form of a crypto bill of materials, similar to the software bill of material. We leverage that and look at the dynamic view of cryptography through the operational aspect of it, looking at network data. So combine these two, this gives any client the most comprehensive view of cryptography usage within their enterprise. This, in our view, is foundational for planning properly, gaining insights from it, prioritizing what needs to be executed, and then we have, we have techniques and tools that we call remediator that we can use to instantiate things that will help you, again, make the actual transformation. So the combination of these three is what forms the IBM quantum uh, safe technology, and that's why I'm excited about it, because every client I've talked to since the announcement here today, they've all said we need to take a look at it and we want to, we want to apply that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled that we're creating a buzz around that. The second announcement we made was around what we call an IBM quantum safe roadmap. The, you may say, why do we need a road, roadmap? It is not just our roadmap, it is a roadmap that clients can use to chart their progress against, to our earlier point, what are the industry regulatory milestones that we have? When should someone meet those milestones? Because over time, you will find that there are regulatory milestones coming up from regulated industries, and they will stipulate that by such time, you have to be quantum safe. So we'll call all that out. Right now we have the NIST standards and the federal government US standards called out. So you'll have that, and then you can map that against the capabilities that we bring to the table from a services, a software, and infrastructure viewpoint. So if I'm a client, I can look at that and say, oh, that technology is going to be made available. How can I take advantage of that, right? When it becomes available, not too soon, not too late, but distant time, and also put that in the bigger context of all this effort is there to meet that regulatory guideline that I'm supposed to meet. That's how you use this, this roadmap. So these are the two exciting announcements and, and we've got a lot of press around it and I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always uh, very helpful to kind of gauge your progress and, and see where you need to make changes. So it sounds like that of roadmap course. will be really useful to your customers. Totally, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for taking the time. Same here. All right.